This is Kristen Smith, and you're listening to the Destination Begin podcast. Hi, friends. I hope this finds you well. I hope this finds you thriving amidst the crazy quarantine crisis that's going on in this world. I just want to start out by saying I'm just sending you all of my love, all of my light and wishes for your health and happiness and uh, safety. It's it's crazy. I really underestimated the severity of what it was going to to mean for our world. And um, you know, I work in finance, and so I look at numbers all day, and it's a uh, it's crazy. It's really crazy, and I just really hope this finds you well, and that you're not having to make terribly hard decisions about your own health and your own finances and your own household. And just sending you all of my all of my love and all of my heart. Um, another week of working remotely has gone into the books. I love to work remotely and I've worked remotely a lot at the job that I have, but I have never worked remotely this long, just exclusively. So it's been interesting to really settle into that routine. I think most of us who have transitioned to working from home 100% have kind of settled in, at least from those of you that I've spoken to personally and my colleagues. It, It took a while, but it seems like the new normal is becoming routine. And you know, What's interesting about our lifestyles and our routine, no matter what it is, our brains are really efficient. And so you think about getting up on a Monday morning and hitting the alarm clock, jumping in the shower, making your coffee, making breakfast for your kids or your spouse or yourself and getting ready and leaving your house and taking the same road to the same office. All of that is a routine that is so programmed into your brain that, yes, it obviously requires some effort, but your system is used to it. It's not surprised by any of it. And now, for most of us that are working at home and our kids are home from school and all of that routine is gone, just the simple act of doing a day, none of that is in the involuntary system in our brains anymore. And so you may find yourself at the end of the day tired and think, I didn't even go anywhere. I didn't even do anything more than I normally would do in a day, but you find yourself exhausted. Well, that's because everything is new and your your system has to work at every part of that. It's not vol- involuntary yet. So as we settle into more of a routine and get used to this, I think that it's going to feel easier. It already feels easier for a lot of us. I'm hoping that this new normal will click in to a degree and we'll all be able to at least at least have a little bit less mental fatigue, emotional fatigue. I'm not sure, but that's my hope for you. Um, what's been going on here? Well, so I work in finance and I work for a couple of different companies. And um, so just trying to get clarification on these these bills that were passed, um, the relief efforts, uh, the money that's available for small businesses. I tell you, something gets passed into law and then the Small Business Administration and the banks involved, they all have to get a lot of clarification and systems in place and paperwork. And I'm telling you, I filled out the same paperwork. Well, it wasn't the same. I filled out paperwork that was revised, I don't know, maybe seven times this past week before it was finally finalized and submitted. And so by the time Friday afternoon rolled around, I was just so over it. <laughs> but um, but like all these things, 
I'm now an expert in something that I didn't know anything about. So that's the silver lining, a lot of learning and growing going on. I'm also um, gradually moving my things. Um, Moving sucks. I don't like moving, but it's always a great opportunity to get rid of stuff. Of course, right now, Goodwill and donation places are not open. So (laughs) I have no idea when the time comes to actually take all this stuff I'm getting rid of to be donated where I'm going to put it if those places aren't open. I know, first world problems, not even a big deal, but these are the things that we take for granted. I don't even know. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this stuff. I don't even know why I bought all this stuff. I found this shirt in my closet and I just looked at it like, who who actually ever would wear this? But before that, who would buy this? I did. Me. It was just a, I don't understand what happens sometimes. Actually, I actually know what happens. I've, I've postulated for many years that there are skinny mirrors at um, dressing rooms at stores. The lighting, well, some stores, the lighting is so heinous. I don't know how anybody buys anything, but conversely, um, JCPenney for one, you go in there, you try something on, you look phenomenal. You look svelte and tall and lean and like you have no cellulite. And then you bring it home and you're like, wow, I'm a potato in a bag with sequins. And it's like a totally different piece of clothing. So that's how that happens. It's skinny mirrors and lighting, and it's not nice at all. So anyway, I digress a lot. (laughs) Um, Phase two, if any of you guys are doing the Live Hard program, that's the 75 Hard program followed by phase one, which I just got done with a couple weeks ago. Well, you have to take a 30-day break between phase one and phase two. It's the rules. So Randy pointed out the other day that we're – getting close to being able to start phase two. So while that's fine, I mean, there's there's not a lot different about phase two than kind of my normal routine, but just the idea of being strapped into something again makes me want to cry a little bit. So if any of you have done phase two, I'd love to hear a pep talk from you. I have heard that it's the most um, uninteresting, least novel of the phases. So please hit me up if you have any phase two insight, please. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit today about what's going on with this quarantine and our food choices. I feel like I beat a dead horse a little bit with my message, but I think right now is exactly the time that the idea of being in control of what you're eating is the, it's the most powerful right now. Right now, there is nothing outside of our homes that feels like we can control. Truth is, we've never been able to control it, but we've been able to count on it being the same for the most part. And now it's just day after day, something different, more people sick, more people dying, more restrictions on where we can go. The length of time of how long we must stay inside just continues to grow. The economy is tanking. This is all stuff I don't need to tell you. But what seems to be happening is, as human beings, and I am just going by what I see on the internet, on social media, in my friends' groups, with my clients. We're eating our feelings <laughs> and our food choices and our movement choices are taking a hit. And it's it's widespread. So it's not just a couple people. 
And so I'm going to talk a little bit again about what's really going on when this happens so that we can identify it, we can forgive ourselves, and we can start over. My loud message is always you can have a day one anytime. And today is the 5th of April. It's not a Monday. It's not a symmetrical number on the calendar. It's not the first of the month. It doesn't matter. It can be your day one. It can be your day one anytime that you decide to throw out what you've been doing and start something fresh. So I want to talk a little bit about what's going on. So a lot of us turn to sugary and salty sweets when we're feeling stressed. And right now, like I talked about before, the routine being gone, our kids in our faces or our spouses in our faces or um, money stress, obviously health stress, being cooped up, all of those things, we don't even know what to do with ourselves. And so it seems like we're reaching for these salty snacks, these sugary snacks. We're having free time that maybe we didn't have before when normally we would be out now we're home. We're binge-watching TV. We're binge-watching The Tiger King. I haven't seen it because I don't have any I don't have any media. I don't have access to any of that stuff. Um, so I was trying to kind of read a synopsis of like, what is this? I don't get it. But anyway, we're all watching that. You guys are all watching that and accompanying that with food. And from what I can see, really bad food choices that are making everyone feel bad. And what happens is, is Ah, everything is terrible. I'm eating my feelings. I don't care. I'll deal with it later. I I can't handle rules. I can't handle watching what I'm eating right now. It's too much to to deal with. And so it's kind of fun to say balls to the walls, eat all the things, binge watch all the things, stay in my pajamas all day. We're all suffering. Let's just eat. And that does feel good for a little while. Um, Hyper-processed, hyper-palatable foods are everywhere. An Oreo, a Cheeto, a Dorito, a tortilla chip, um, a Hershey's Kiss. All of these things are hyper palatable and typically full of sugar. Even if they're a salty snack, they're typically full of sugar as well. And so those foods get us high. It's legit a high. Those foods operate in a way that hits your pleasure centers just like drugs and alcohol do. And you get high for about 18 minutes. And typically on a normal day after 18 minutes, you might just say, now I feel gross. I wish I hadn't done that. Moved on with your day. But now you add, I have time. I'm on the couch anyway. Now I feel crappy about the bag of Reese's eggs that I just ate. Uh, maybe I'll have some ice cream and then I won't feel bad about the Reese's eggs that I just ate. And so you can repeat that binge crash um, cycle on sugar, the high and the crash over and over. And then pretty soon you're tired. So you just take a nap because you're still in your pajamas on the couch. And then you don't feel like moving. You don't feel like getting up and making an actual meal. So you ride out the day with more junk food. This is happening a lot. And I'm here to tell you that you're not bad. <laughs> There's a reason for this, and I've talked about it many times. It's the the core message of what I teach my clients and what I speak about when I when I speak to groups is you have a primal instinct in your brain that wants to keep you alive. It wants to keep you safe. And right now, I don't know about you, but I don't feel very safe. I feel stressed. I'm scared that I'm going to get sick. I'm scared that someone close to me is going to get sick. I'm scared they're going to die. I'm scared I'm going to die. I'm asthmatic. If I get this, 
it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> so I have a lot of, of reasonable reasons to be fearful about this. And it's not comfortable. I don't feel safe. I don't feel secure. And so that primal part of my brain is doing its job. It's firing rapidly saying, you're not safe. Let's fix this. And that primal part of my brain, it really only has a few solutions. It, it wants me to kill that threat, mate with that threat, or eat that threat. So soothe those feelings by eliminating it or soothing it. And so I can't kill anyone. That would not be good. <laughs> uh, most of us don't have a desire to mate with anyone right now, especially with, uh, you know, who knows, they might have an extra uh, disease to catch. And then, but hey, food, food is right here. Food is reliable. Food gets me high. I know how I feel when I get to just open and eat all the food I want. It feels so good. I'm going to do that. So that primal brain is going crazy legitimately because we're all feeling so vulnerable right now. So that's why, that's why we're turning to food. We're not bad people that lack willpower. This is a very reliable coping mechanism that, especially in America, we have been programmed to go for those hyperpalatable foods and they're there everywhere and they're designed to get us high. So you're not bad. You're not terrible. Maybe you've gained a little bit of weight. Maybe you feel yucky, but guess what? I just told you what's going on. So now you know, and you don't have to accept it. You don't have to be and feel powerless. Isn't that cool? You can say, okay, this has gone on long enough. I want to reconnect with who I am and I want to start and end my day in the driver's seat. The world is going to do what the world is going to do, but I don't have to add to my problems and add to my worries by laying here with an elevated heart rate because I just ate a giant bag of popcorn or feel bad that I had pizza five days in a row or get sick off of too many ho-hos. <laughs> you don't have to do it. You can decide, okay, I've had my fun. I ate my feelings. I coped with food. It didn't get me anywhere. So I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to start over and I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to take control because I'm not powerless and I'm going to make a plan so that starting now, this isn't how I ride out this quarantine. So I'm going to suggest to you that it is not important that you undo any damage that you've just done. If you've just binged on junk food for two weeks, you do not need to spend the next two weeks losing that weight. Ideally, yeah, you would get that off as soon as you could, but right now it is not the time to add to the list of things that you need to manage. But if you consider your health and wellness and your health and weight not loss goals and your fitness, if you picture that as walking up a mountain and up until this recent situation, you were taking some steps to get healthier and stronger every day and maintaining your good health or losing weight or getting fitter. And now all of this happened. It's really important to not worry about sprinting up the mountain because all of a sudden you have all the time in the world. Why aren't you using it to get fit? Well, a lot of people don't have all the time in the world because of this. And priorities sometimes shift. 
So it's not important that you sprint up the hill right now. It's not important that you lose a ton of weight right now. What it's important to do is to maintain your position. So if you've slid backwards in your path these last couple of weeks, just stop the slide and maintain your position. You don't have to climb anymore, but you don't have to fall backwards anymore. You can simply say, where did my foot start slipping? Was it slipping on a bag of Cheetos? Was it slipping on an Oreo? Was it slipping on ordering pizza? Was it slipping on just mindless eating every time I got up from my computer? What is it? And simply put a fence around that thing so it can't continue to push you down and pull you down in your path. You want to hold your position. So for example, if you are working at home and every little bit of time goes by, you're moving from task to task and you don't want to focus or you're distracted and you get up and you get a snack and you keep doing that all day and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just eating all day long. I'm not eating junk food. I'm not binging on the couch. I just eat way too much all day because all of a sudden I can. So for you, an example of a rule for you might be that, okay, my routine might be gone, but my structure does not need to be. I'm going to have my breakfast at 7 o'clock. I'm going to have my lunch hour from 12 to 1 like I always do. I'm going to have my afternoon protein shake at 3, and I'm going to eat dinner with my family at 6 or whatever that looks like. So that's not a rule about what you can and can't have. It's not a rule about losing weight. It's about putting structure there so that you're not falling prey to just having no plan. And a lot of people who have never worked at home before, this is such a change. Um, Even just the setting, you go from working with monitors everywhere and all the resources you need to maybe just a little laptop and no coworkers and it can be really difficult to get a lot of momentum and we're distracted. So simply putting some structure down can make you feel like, okay, this is my work day and this is when I'm going to eat my meals. Um, some of you, I'm just hearing a lot of feedback that snacking is taking over your life all of a sudden. So one idea is just to say, I'm not going to snack unless it's a vegetable, or I'm going to have a snack at 10 o'clock and three o'clock, or I'm going to not have any snacks all day. And I'm going to have my snacks at night with my family when we watch our nightly movie, whatever it is, put, put some kind of a structure around it. I always love to say you can have anything that you want but you can't have everything that you want all the time if you want to be healthy. It's just the way it is. You can have donuts, but you can't have every kind of donut all the time or you will not be a healthy weight or a healthy person. So by deciding and determining when it most matters to you that you have a snack and only having it during that time allows you to have it, but it's on your terms. Um, there's a lot of people who are really falling prey to eating on the couch like all night long. Can't stop. It's cereal and then it's ice cream and then it's popcorn with everyone. So there's also a good idea to just say there's one thing. Or another good example of a rule is just to say I won't eat on the couch. If I want a snack, I have to get up and eat it in the other room or I at least have to be standing or I have to measure it out into a bowl and I get to have one of those. By the way, I never recommend bringing an entire package of anything to your couch. It's just to call a spade a spade. 
So those are some ideas that you can just simply put some structure back into your food that is not punitive, that is not crazy, that doesn't make you feel like, oh, here's one more thing I have to worry about right now, but it can stop that slide, that backward slide, and you can start now. And then as far as movement goes, a lot of our a lot of us don't like working at home, working out at home. I hate working out at home. I love group fitness. I miss my group fitness classes. It's just my jam. I like to go early in the morning, get it done, see my friends. And that's all been taken away from me with no choice. And it makes me mad. And so the fact that I have to come up with a workout to do at home just makes me cranky. Um, and so I had some days where I really had a bad attitude about it. A lot of days, but So it's good to put a rule around your movement. Maybe it's just too much for you right now to think about, you know, finding a class online and following it, which there's a ton of free resources right now for free classes. So if you do want to work out at home, there's no excuse to say you can't find a workout because there's a billion of them and most of them are free right now. In fact, I would not suggest that you pay for a workout online right now. Um, If your gym is doing live streaming and they want you to stay a member in order to get that, I totally get that. But as far as finding anything else new, do the free trial. Make sure you like it. Make sure you're into it before you start spending money on those things. A lot of times they're just not geared to your style and you won't know that till you try them. So do the free trials. But if that's too much for you, um, think about just making a rule that you're going to get up and go for a walk every day. Or perhaps you're going to lay on your floor in front of your TV every commercial. Are there commercials anymore? I don't know. And stretch. Or do some crunches. Or some kind of movement. Because often, when you make a little rule to do a little movement, once you start moving your body, it feels good. And you're like, hmm, maybe I'll do a little more. Maybe I'll do this kind of a crunch. Or maybe I'll hold a plank. Or something. Something that gets the ball moving and getting you moving. So... Those are just some ideas for some rules that you can put into place right now to turn this ship around. My brother's birthday was this past week, and of course, it brought back a lot of memories of my brother, (laughs) just thinking about him on his birthday. And uh, my brother is seven years older than me, and growing up, I was always close with my sister because we were two years apart. And my brother was – well, he was a boy, obviously, so – not a whole lot in common there. And then he was just a lot older. And so I wasn't close to him. I didn't know a whole lot about him. But as I got older, and he was super talented at sports, like he was really good at all kinds of sports and wasn't allowed to participate in any team sports because of how we were raised. And so he used to pay me to pitch to him in the backyard or um, catch when he was practicing being a pitcher and um, retrieve tennis balls. Like he, I would pitch him a tennis ball in the backyard, and he would hit it with a baseball bat so far it would go onto like the next block, and then I'd have to go and retrieve it. So that kind of stuff was really, really fun. Um, but my brother was super bratty because he was a boy. And um, not that all boys are bratty, but he was a bratty boy. Like this was – he had some really favorite tricks that he used to pull on us. Like he used to take an ice cream bucket, an empty ice cream bucket with a lid – And he used to like fart in it. And then he would bring it up to my sister and I and open the lid in our faces. And like that works, you guys. And so he'd like, it was like portable. And he thought it was really funny. And he still thinks it's funny. If I get a message from my brother on my phone, like today, I am 41 years old. 
he is 49 years old, most likely high probability, 90 some percent probability, it is about a fart. So that is my brother. I can't believe I said that word on my podcast. I hate myself right now. Um, so he's like a big kid, but my brother, um, he, he rented part of our house from us when I was married to my first husband. And so he was there when things got really bad and scary and terrible. And I will just never forget how he was there for me, how he supported me. He, he would have done anything for me. Uh, I don't know what I would have done. He was my rock and he was my hero. And then when the second marriage blew up and I needed to move, and do so quickly. He was right there. And it was so hard for me to ask anyone for help. I decided I wasn't going to. I didn't tell my family till I absolutely had to. But of anyone that I could stomach in my family talking to about it, it was my brother. Because no matter what he would think or feel about something, it wouldn't stop him from helping. It wouldn't stop him from action verb loving. And he's quiet and he's not incredibly outgoing to people that he doesn't know. He's pretty reserved. Um, but his heart and the way that he loves is bigger than anyone. And I love that people that I know often say to me like, Oh, Kristen, you're so loving. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I love that. I love to love. I'm really good at loving. I probably wear that badge, but I think about my brother and while he is a quieter person, I can't even begin to touch the way that he action verb loves and he action verb loves people who have hurt him, people who have been horrible to him. Um, and he takes care of my, my parents' house, their yard, their snow removal. He'll just randomly put in a new door or recommend something that needs to be done. And then not just say that needs to be done. He'll go get the stuff and he'll go do it. Um, when my parents were recently in Florida for a few weeks, he texted me a picture. He just decided to kind of redo the tile in my dad's bathroom while they were gone just because it needed to be done. So he did it. And just things like that, acts of action, verb, love, and acts of service is my brother. And he doesn't get enough credit. He doesn't get um, the attention that he deserves. He doesn't really like it, doesn't really want it, but he deserves it. And so I think he listens to this podcast. Pretty sure he does. Um, so happy birthday to my big brother. He's um, the greatest. There was um, – <laughs> so he loves angel food cake. And uh, back when he was living with me, I thought, oh, it's my brother's birthday. And back then, too, I was really um, self-absorbed a a lot more than I am now. (laughs) And so it was a big deal that I remembered it was his birthday. I think back to how I was. I was so young and so stupid. And ugh. anyway, I decided that I'd make him an angel food cake. And I'd never made one before. I think angel food cakes are disgusting. I don't eat them. It's like one of the few foods I don't like. Thank God there's some foods I don't like. But So I got a mix and I made it up and I put it in the oven. I took it out and I dumped it on the cooling rack and left. And I came back and there was like this flat thing. And I was like, what happened to the cake? And my brother came in and was like, what's that? I said, well, it's supposed to be an angel food cake, but I don't know. And he's like, well, you got to like – it's got to be in a pan that can climb and like you don't dump it out until it's cool. And I'm like, I don't know. So, I mean, he ate it anyway. It might have been like two bites is all it ended up being because it was so flat. But um, he's never let me live that down. 
if he sees a real angel food cake, he'll make a comment like, what's that? That's a weird looking angel food cake. It's so tall. <laughs> so that was my angel food cake fail story. So, And I wanted to get him an angel food cake this year, but uh, quarantine, not able to do that. So we'll celebrate at some point. But anyway, happy birthday to my big brother. I, I should actually just give you a bucket with a fart in it. So a big topic for me of late has been this idea of happiness. And happiness is an inside job. I just turned on my Instagram live. I've never done this before, but I thought, hey, maybe we'll just do some Instagram live while I'm podcasting so you can see how unglamorous it is to podcast. It's very unglamorous. Anyway, um, happiness is something that I feel like it's a little bit of a buzzword. Be happy. Put your happiness first. Make sure that you're taking care of your own happiness. But we don't always know what does that even mean. And um, I've done some journaling lately and I just kind of like to follow the rabbit trail when I journal. I just write my thoughts down and I just follow them down. And so I've always known this little phrase of happiness is an inside job, which for me means no one else is responsible for making me happy. My job is not responsible for making me happy. My work is not part of what makes me happy. Um, Circumstances, if we rely on circumstances to make us happy or keep us happy, we are all screwed right now. Just saying. And so just really writing down, okay, so when I think of myself, when I'm at my happiest, what is that, what does that look like? And for me, I think of myself, I like to step out of myself as it were and picture myself standing somewhere else. And what does happy Kristen look like? And happy Kristen, I feel like is, is someone who's able to shine. And so I just wrote, okay, what is, what is the shining me like? So shining Kristen, she gets a lot of work done every day. I feel amazing when I get a lot of work done every day. Um, She learns every day. I love learning something every day. It really lights me up. Um, She laughs every day. If you know me very well, you know that I like to be silly and like laugh a lot. Um, Especially if you follow me here on Instagram, you know that I like to be silly and laugh and poke fun at myself. So laughing is important. Um... She is in control of her food. Now, this a lot of people would go, "Mm, I'm not really comfortable with you talking about food in relation to happiness. But for me, with 15 years of losing weight, my happiness and my ability to shine is directly linked to how I show up to myself every day in front of food. Do I listen to my highest self and feed myself healthy, clean, good food in good quantities? Or do I listen to my primal self and shove food in my face that later I don't feel good about? And when I'm showing up and honoring myself, I'm able to shine. I'm able to put that primal voice in its proper place, which is back here. And it doesn't block this right here. So a shining Kristen is someone who is in control of her food and she's not binge eating. Um, When I shine, I actually don't care about food. I don't think about food. That is the beauty of freedom with never binging again. I don't I don't think about food. I don't think about my next meal. I don't sit and think lusty thoughts about what I'm going to eat next. It's just food. And that is incredibly freeing and it allows me to shine. It allows me to feel happy. Um, when I'm shining, it's probably because I've also worked out really hard today. I love, love to move my body. I love to sweat hard. 
Again, I really love to do it with my friends, which is not possible right now. But regardless, when I have about 30 minutes into the workout, I feel like, ah, there I am. I get that burst of just happy energy. So happy Shining Kristen works out every day really hard. Um, Happy Shining Kristen reaches out to others. I have gotten so much glee and so much joy lately out of sending letters in the mail to my friends. I just recently got a wax seal kit um, by recommendation of my friend Dan. And um, I got one with my business logo and I just got a K. And it's been so fun to sit down and just write a letter to various people that just pop into my head and send those out and just send some love and send some highs. Um, send some text messages. I've made it my goal to reach out to two people a day um, until, well, for the rest of the month. And so just connecting with others, reaching out to others, just saying hi, that makes me feel incredibly empowered and shining and happy. So happy shining Kristen reaches out to others. Um, I have energy and that comes from (laughs) going to bed at night, feeling my body, working out, working hard. So all of these things all roll into one and affect the other. And most importantly, she doesn't wilt. And I have felt really bad the last few weeks. There have been some days where I have handled all of this change with just such a childish, whiny rebellion and just petulance. And I wish that I could say I rolled with this because I do hard things, but this has been really hard for me. And so... I want to be happy and I want to shine. And that means that I have to be strong. I can't wilt like this every time things feel hard. And so, so I wrote down those things. What does shining me look like? And so then I thought, okay, what do I need to do? What are the tasks? What are the habits that I need to do to cultivate this shining me, this shining Kristen that I want to be when I step out of myself and see myself? How do I get there? What do I do now to, to create that reality? So obviously, if I want to get a ton of work done, I got to have a schedule. I need to get up in the morning. I need to get on my computer. I need to be vigilant about my tasks. I need to get a lot of work done in order to say, I got a lot of work done. So for me, that was setting a schedule, setting a work day schedule so that I would get as much done during my work hours as possible. Um, If I want to learn every day, okay, what does that look like? Um, I've been loving my Duolingo Spanish app. So I've been doing that every day. But how can I tie that into something else? I'm a little tired of that. It's not lighting me up um, like it was before. So what else can I learn? So I got some courses. I forget. I don't remember how to pronounce it. Udemy, I think it is. So I downloaded some Excel spreadsheeting classes. I've been doing those, which is super great because that actually has something to do with my job. So I've been working on that and that's got me all lit up already. So that's a task that I can link directly to achieving that Kristen that is learning every day and reaching out to others. I already talked about my goal is to call people and text people and mail people letters. And that really makes me feel really good. So continuing to do that, um, as far as the food, I'm just continually tweaking and working on my food rules to make sure that food is not taking an inappropriate role in my life. Um, I've been staying with my boyfriend in his house, which is awesome. Um, but he eats differently than me. 
And there's been a lot of moments where I've just kind of fallen into step with, with how he eats and then realized this doesn't, this actually doesn't fit with my plan. Why am I doing this? And so changed that up, readdressed my food rules, rewrote some that needed to be rewritten so that I have to continually fight that. So squared that away. Um, as far as not wilting, that's something that I have to simply take the time to journal and write down my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, what the greater purpose is. Why do I want to be strong? Who do I want to be strong for? What does that look like? And hold myself accountable for those things. And um, and so that's really what it's led to. It's 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 been about cultivating the idea of who I want to be and then setting up tasks and goals and lists of things that I'm going to do to get there. So that's kind of my personal strategy um, for cultivating happiness. It's an inside job. It's all about me and I can't rely on anybody else to do it. Do you love this podcast? Please consider sharing it with a friend. Please consider posting it on your social media or linking it on your Facebook. The podcasting world is huge and it's really hard for this podcast to make it into the hands of more people outside of my personal social circle. So please share it. Please share it with someone that you know has never heard of me or this podcast and it would really mean a lot to me. You can reach out to me directly too on Instagram, destination underscore begin. You can also email me, Kristen, at destinationbegin.com. And I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear show ideas. I'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts and follow-up questions. It's really fun to interact with all of you here in podcast world.